0: I can't okay. and it's fine. He 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 breaks the rules all the time anyways. You you smash the rules, he breaks the rules, whatever. Uh, welcome everybody back to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. This is going to be episode, uh, I believe it's 34, and it's going... You Then you just smash the box open just like that. You, just, know there were rules. you just pull it out. Oh my god. Uh, this is going to be an on on-location episode today, uh, mainly because uh, you know I'm an idiot. I forgot to bring the recording device, and I brought all the rest of the nice fancy equipment to do this the right way, but... What the hell? We're going to have some fun regardless. Uh, Welcome, obviously, back to the podcast. And we have, obviously, a very special guest today. (laughs) Special guest in quotations, Uh, Sid. Sid uh, is a first responder here in Canada. She's got eight years on the job. She is a peace officer here on Vancouver Island and she is our best friend. She is our colleague, our our partner out there on the road and uh, she's here to shoot the shit with us and we're going to be talking a little bit about a couple of different things today. The main thing we're going to be doing is talking about the last couple of weeks at Depot, this is one of going to be one of those RCMP episodes that uh, we've been having a lot of the cadets and recruits talking about and asking about, and they want to see more about them, and they want to hear more about the fun that we had many moon ago. Uh, in this case, today, we're going to be talking about the last couple of weeks, and it's going to be the ramp up to our first post, the ramp up to graduation, and what that process really looked like. Well, it'd be, Wes, what do you got, uh, 18 on now? 17 years on, I've got 14, Eric seven and a bit and we got sid with eight so we got a couple of different generations of of Depot. uh been through a couple of different processes i know there's been some change over time but before we do that very first thing we're going to break donut we're going to get through the tradition so that we can get right to the content here uh sid welcome to the podcast
1: oh thanks thompson you just handed me the phone. I don't know what I'm supposed to say.
0: Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> where you're <supposed> going. <laughs> and go.
1: Well, I've just been staring at the donuts since I opened the box, but.
0: All I- right, so as the honorary guest, here's what we're going to do. Sid, it is your job to pick the number one donut, whatever you want. First donut is yours, except leave the reserve one because that's in the event that this one really sucks and uh, it's that for one, somebody else. That
1: one needs explaining.
0: Okay, so what we're going to do, you pick your first one. Go ahead.
1: This one looks good. I want to I wanna go for the coconutty looking Boston cream one.
0: Okay, so that is called the Nanaimish donut. These are from Harbor City Donuts here Ooh. in Nanaimo. So solid, solid choices. So you got that one. Don't you dare eat yet. We uh, we break we break donut. Don't do it. We break. <laughs> d-
2: Everyone breaks
0: that rule. Eric has broken rule. Mike's broken rule. Yeah. So uh, what we're moving on to next? <laughs> you. F- it's,
1: it, it's, it's tradition. You told me not to, so I'm gonna
2: do it. <laughs> Son of a bitch! God damn it! Okay, we- Wezel here. Uh, you make your choice. All right. So what I'm looking at here, I believe, your classic Homer Simpson donut, alongside like just like a honey dip. And then I'm gonna say Crossy Road. I don't know. What do you?
1: We're we're, we're
0: gonna talk about it here. So that's your guess.
1: <laughs> okay, that's my guess. Turds in the sky is what that looks. Turd,
2: like. Turds in the sky. Okay. I'm gonna. I think I might go for it. I'm gonna try it. What's, yeah. What's I, yeah it? I, lo- I love. I love a donut with the backstory.
0: Now, Eric's your turn. Uh, oh, and okay. if you guys notice, we're passing my iPhone around today. And I'm making sure we are recording. Uh, we're passing the iPhone around today to be able to get this. So if this sounds a little janky, guess what, guys? This is uh, podcasting on a police brain and, and, budget. and a budget. And it works. Uh, if you want to sponsor us, go right ahead.
3: <laughs> I'll take the Homer. Homer. I haven't Homa. had a good Homer.
0: I grabbed the Homer. Okay. Looks like I've got the uh, the honey dipped, which actually is probably the best I case scenario. this one No, 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 no. You know what? I'll I'll share that with you if you want. We'll share. But I I definitely am going to knock out this guy so that I can say that I had my own.
3: Oh, it's got good glaze.
0: All right. So we haven't even officially said cheers and broken donut like we usually do. And Sid has already gone two bites in, two bites deep. All right. So this is what we're going to do, guys. Cheers to uh, episode 34. Cheers. Let's get into the topic of the day. And Sid, as you are our special guest today, and we've always wanted to have you on the podcast, and you're here in the flesh this is what we're going to do. I'm going to start with you. We've done a couple of episodes already on Depot. As far as my memory can serve me is that we did an episode on tips and tricks. We did an episode on jobs within uh, Depot. Okay. And today is, like I said, going to be the last couple of weeks ramping up to where we're finding out our post. So we're going to start there about how that happened. And that's where I'm going to start this whole thing. We'll go round table around. Uh, I'm curious. To, when did let's just put it this way when did you learn about your post how was that process what do you remember about that process because this is what people are interested in in, and getting into the application process with the RCMP because a lot of people find almost like one of those things where people are afraid to get into the RCMP or any other federal agency because they're worried about going to you know basically nowhere. Mm -hmm. Uh, But in this case, I'm kind of curious how your experience was. And then we'll kind of go around the table.
1: Well, when you go to depot and you sign your name on the dotted line, you sign over to the fact that you may be going anywhere and you really should be okay with that. If you sign on that line and then you figure out you don't get, you know, Halifax and you're all pissed off. Well, guess what? You're the one who signed up for it. So you you rolled that dice. So I, I was coming from Cold Lake, Alberta which wasn't really home for me, but it's where I went to, to be with my other half there. So I started my process out of BC and then I finished my process of the application out of Cold Lake. So I was technically um, drafted from uh, K Division. So when I asked for BC, I guess for them it was fairly easy. They gave me BC and they want a shortlist. Where are the detachments that you want to go? And I I don't know if there's any actual planning behind where they're gonna send people or if it's you know throwing darts at the board I don't know but I put down um a whole bunch of detachments just basically south of um Comox. and North Cowichan and Nanaimo were were in the top two I think North Cowichan was actually my first choice um, Nanaimo was my second choice, but come, come that time, we, uh, our facilitators for uh, APS had us write down our first choice on the board and they would wait for us to finish writing it. Then they'd say no, or yes. They would just, they were teasing us. So my, my facilitator says, write down your first choice. And because I'd forgotten, I wrote Nanaimo. And by the time I'd finished Nanaimo, she went, nope, that's not where you're going. And I'm okay. And then she she's like, oh no, uh, uh, yeah, that's actually, that's where you're going. Mm-hmm. So I got my first choice and there was only me and one other person on my troop that got our first choices. So I had, yeah, I had a lot of people who were grumbly about that, not, not very happy that I got my first choice. And by the end of Depot, it was pretty common knowledge that my father was a member. So they all just, oh, I guess t- got daddy to thank for that. I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not how it works. They intentionally sever that communication so that there is no like nepotism at all. But yeah, I got I got Nanaimo, so I was I was thrilled, and uh, you know called the other half up right away, and I said we got to start house hunting, and yeah, it it worked great.
0: That's interesting, cause even then, so you went through the process of of having that. Well, we all I guess kind of went through with the selection. Okay, and you're talking about how you know they're going through. You get to pick your top three or top five or whatever it was division at the time. A division would be the the provinces that you're going to. Obviously, those that are unfamiliar with the RCMP, that is exactly how we go by. We have divisions. The provinces are given division letters so to speak uh right across the board and you you do those five and you kind of go from there right so and and wes you might be able to go with this one a little bit too so sid you you were explaining that when you went through with yours you were looking for e division so bc
1: my second choice would have been k division alberta and in hopes that i could just go right back home uh to cold lake and that i wouldn't have to move And I could stay in in a a posting which had, you know, fighter jets in it. And I already had a a bit of a life there. And I was told through the grapevine that if you ask for Cold Lake, you'll probably get it because it's such a a bit of a rough place and would have saved them money to move me. But I ended up getting BC. So we had to make plans going from there.
0: Okay, interesting. So in that case, not exactly getting that post, but it sounds like you ended up taking it well. It wasn't like this was like the bombshell or anything like that.
1: No, I was thrilled. Yep, super happy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, nice. Uh, how about you when it came to the actual uh, getting to the post and, and and selecting your actual divisions? How was that?
2: So when I went through, uh, if you were from any of the prairie provinces, uh, you didn't even have a staffing interview and you were going back to your home province. Unless, unless, yeah, unless there is like an ex- exception or someone really wanted to take your place. But if you're from BC, you're going back to BC, Alberta, back to Alberta, Saskatchewan, back to Saskatchewan, back to Alberta. Ob- <coughs> we, we were just told that you know and then everyone from the east maritimes ontario quebec there would be just spread amongst all the western western canada so it was no surprise to me even when i even when I went to depot like i was going back to Saskatchewan. it was just a matter of of where so yeah i knew i was going back to Saskatchewan. i had an idea i wanted to do just some small town type policing i wanted to uh, you know coach hockey and do those kind of things just be involved in the community and i ended up Getting exactly that, I got uh, I got Saskatchewan, and then I found out I was going to uh, Leader, Saskatchewan. I actually never been to Leder. It was, it's about an hour and change south of Kindersley, which I've been to Kindersley lots. Found it on the map and did some research on it. It was kind of, it was like, yeah, it was like, this is what I wanted. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wow, this is really going to be happening now. So, yeah. Yeah. And,
0: and that's interesting because like with Sid, like you had a very similar one to me where you had the selection right? You were doing the selection process. You were like, like you said, you're going, if you're from Saskatchewan or Prairies, you're one of the Prairies. If you came out of uh, BC, you're going back to BC. But all of like myself coming from Ontario and and East, it's like, you're just going to wherever. You're going to get that kind of the shotgun approach to wherever you're going to go and what staffing has available at that time. So it's interesting to see that even back then, cause I thought this was more of a new thing in the last six years, seven years, when they started saying like, hey, everybody from BC can come back to BC Uh, and obviously don't take that to the bank uh, because this, these policies changes all, they change all the time Uh, when it comes through. Uh, But Eric, I'm kind of curious because again, you're going a little bit, uh, I guess it would be after Sid uh, at Depot there. How how was your process when it came to selection of division?
3: Um, Well, they had us write down our top three choices for divisions. I put down E BC as number one. I put, B division for Newfoundland is number two, because I said, well, if I'm not going to one coast, I might as well go to the other one. And then for my third choice, I put down D-Div, so Manitoba, because I knew people in Manitoba. I worked there with conservation before I became a Mountie, so I, I had people who I knew there, I, right? So actually, we only had one person from my troop go to D-Div, and he wanted to go there. But you know, like I got E-Div, they just kind of said, all right, uh, kind of got everyone at the end of the day at APS, and they're like, okay, you, all you guys... E-Div. All you guys, whatever div. And then one guy to the East Coast, two guys to Saskatchewan, one to D, and one to Ontario. So shortly after that, which was all well and good, they said about E-Div. I'm like, okay, sweet. At least I'm in my home province. We can get home. But then they asked us your top 15 posts in each division. So they said, write down the, your top 15 posts. So I did, and my top 15 posts was all the posts on the island, followed by Squamish, and then Whistler.
1: When there was postings that were available, did they tell you what was available or did they not? You just had to choose right. Okay. It's still the
3: same way. Yeah. It it was <laughs> it was a blind choice. Like yeah. there is there is no idea to know that those places were available. So I think like my first choice I wanna say was Ladysmith for whatever reason. And then I think after that it was like Campbell River, Courtney Comox. Um I've had Gold River in there, I had Port Hardy in there um like even the ones that i thought no one would really want that would be for sure easy to get to i put down like the worst posts i could think of say word <laughs> say word and then i went through the list i didn't put any of the south i didn't put i think I, oh i put west shore on there but i didn't put like souk and those ones like the really far victoria ones um and then i'm like all right well i'll guess i'll th-. and then i was pretty far down there too at the time because i didn't, didn't want to go to my hometown and then yes yeah, so we had our list and uh, yeah, I, had, I think I threw Squamish on and then I threw Whistler on because I thought those are close, but they're not in the city because I knew I didn't want to go to like the lower mainland, like the lower mainland, lower mainland, the, the big city because I'm not that kind of person. And once we had that, it was a couple weeks later, two, three, four, I don't remember how long it was later, but a few weeks later, they get everyone in the class and they, you walk into the classroom and they've the APS instructors have gone through and written all the different posts that everyone's going to on the wall. Like on the whiteboards around there. And they say, all right, go stand under where you think you're going. So everyone went and stood under where they thought they were going. So I think I went and stood. I was like, well, I don't see any of the places I asked for except for Whistler. And I'm like, there's no way they're sending me to Whistler. Everyone must want to go to Whistler. Um, so I went and I think I stood under Quitlam and I was told no. And then I went and stood under Burnaby, no. Nope. And then eventually I went in front of Whistler and I'm like, yep. I'm like, I was really excited at the time. And it, I, I am still, it was a really good first post to go through, but I, just got really used to not having any money <laughs> ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's how they did it for us. Um, and you could see some of the guys I knew who didn't get the division they wanted then getting sent to like the worst post in the division they didn't want. And I was like, oh no, I'm so sorry.
2: Yeah, I think uh, the way we were told is was, was pretty anticlimactic actually. <laughs> I think we found out our divisions a few days before and then it was like our actual postings like or maybe like a week or two actually later yeah it was our divisions first and like i said it wasn't a surprise for any of us from the prairies <laughs> we were going back there and then yeah it was postings a few weeks later but we were in a kind of anomaly like i think i don't know if it had to do with us being close to the fiscal year end but we uh almost everyone kind of got where they wanted to go um there was one of us from saskatchewan who wanted to leave saskatchewan and there was one and there was a uh, a okay, kid that, that was from out, out east that wanted to come to Saskatchewan for some reason so yeah he she kind of took his spot and he w- he went to Alberta but that was it we actually had a few people even go back to the Maritimes which at that time was like unheard of like you never went back to the east coast you're told no uh we had a few people go to yeah let uh one went to Port of Basque and the one went out to Nova Scotia one went to New Brunswick you pretty crazy stuff um almost and a lot of the guys that were from uh, bc they didn't get to sell their house they were just going back home like they could just they're all within commuting distance so everyone was pretty happy there was no like you know bawling in the corner or anything like that everyone kind of got what they wanted it was it was nice actually uh, to see that so it was, yeah, it was just uh compared to like, you hear some stories of people would just, yeah.
1: It's funny when you were talking about people writing the, where they wanted to go and then going and standing there, you just jogged my memory. Cause I was actually meeting with the finance person, I think at that time. When everyone was doing what you said, and then when I showed up, they're like, "Oh, McNeil, go right down your posting on the board." So it didn't actually happen exactly how I said it. It's, so yeah, you you made me remember. But um, yeah, I think the Maritimes was my third choice because that's where I'm originally from. So I've got family all in New Brunswick. They, I, they never would have sent me to New Brunswick because I'm not bilingual. But yeah, we had a few people in my troop who there's a little bit of Depot love, and they got sent to the same province. And they were pretty happy about that. I don't know where they are now, but Depot love was a very real thing.
0: Hearing those stories, that's what I think is the most unique thing about DEPO is that for every troop, there's a different way to do it. You know, there's a scripted way that people, uh, it's kind of planned out and how they would like to make sure that everybody learns about their, their post. And for every troop is a little bit different. It's a little bit unique. Every troop facilitator, every troop leader, everybody else uh, does it a little bit differently depending on how they really want to, you know, run their troop, I guess you would say. Curious for Sid to go back around the table. First posting, you're finding out you're going to Nanaimo. Reactions?
1: Uh, there was a few people that were clearly annoyed because um, they didn't get where they wanted to go. And they saw that I got my first choice. And I wasn't a stellar cadet. I um, kind of scraped by with a couple of things. Um, so there was a lots of automatic assumption that I was getting favoured uh, because of my father. So reactions, um, not really pleasant. Because a lot of people were going to the prairies that didn't want to go and... People going to Surrey that didn't know that they weren't going to be able to afford it. So when they found out I was going, I got what I wanted. There was some, there was some furrowed brows, but. I don't
0: know. But I'm curious as well too. So that's that's with the troop. Now I'm curious with family, like family friends, when they're finding out. This is a big day. This is a huge day. This is the start of your career. The start of the next chapter in your life. What what were some of the reactions that you had for, for obviously your partner for your family?
1: Um, so partner was was thrilled. Um, we. We so when we leave, left Cold Lake, the oil market had just crashed. So our house value suddenly tanked. So we didn't actually want to sell the house in Cold Lake. So we sat on an empty house for a long time, and we weren't sure what we were going to do about buying. And my parents, who are you know just near Shimanis, which is not far from Nanaimo, they said, look, we've got acreage. We've got a, an extra building that we're renovating. What if we renovate it with you in mind, and then you and Robert can move in there? And uh, we got to move into my parents' Cottage essentially, and it's been it's been fantastic because we've got pets, and when we go away, the pets have free reign of the the property. When they go away, we look after their horse and their dogs. So it's a very like symbiotic relationship. But they are far enough away that they're neighbors. Like they're they're on the other side of the four acres. So it's uh, it's it's great. Um, they were they were very very happy to have us come back, and uh, I had to invest in good curtains. Yeah. <laughs> for my family yes
0: so there you go positive experience that you had with that first post coming in and you know what it it will vary obviously for those getting into this and it'll vary there'll be some highs and lows some people will be excited some people will be sad because you're going away um in this particular case with wes wes is coming from fdiv like coming from
2: saskatchewan and going back to fdiv so what was that like
0: Uh, obviously it may be a different experience
2: Yeah, my, um, I guess, fiance at the time, she was uh, working as a paramedic in Saskatoon. And uh, we decided I was a few weeks out from graduating, and I drove back Saskatoon from Regina. I'm like, let's go check out Leader. Let's go see what it's all about. And uh, we drove into town, and, you know, like, oh, this is, (laughs) the highway just got progressively crappier as we're close to Leader, which is kind of how the highways are, are or were in Saskatchewan, kind of still are. And we could pull into town, and yeah, I mean, it's, you know, picture... You know, it's a, it is small town, Saskatchewan. Everything you think of, anything of small town on the prairies, leader is that. To be fair, but you know, so we met up with the realtor. He showed us a few places, and we're like, oh yeah, I think uh, you know this was a, this was a it's a town that's in the gas patch, uh, very large agricultural uh, community as well. But you know, it's like a lot of old prairie towns. You know, it's it's prime times that have passed. You know, um, that being said, you know a great. Community, great group of people, eight hundred people, <laughs> um, you know, and this is the detachment we placed, you know, a large, huge, huge area, and uh, so we went there. We were definitely we were excited, but then left feeling of like the reality, of like where are we going to live? Because <laughs> I have to be on call. I we have to live here or close. Where are we going to be? And it was like this harsh reality. It was like there's this clock ticking. And it's like I have to be here. I have to live somewhere. And you know, she had an apartment in Saskatoon, really nice, really nice place down by the river. And I was just, you know, kind of just for the first time feeling like, and I was young as well. And you know, you're, you're out of the house, and it's my first time. You know, I lived, I lived in residence at college and stuff, but it's the first time I ever really like truly being on my own and thinking of like. Oh wow! Like there's nothing. There's no other safety net here. Nothing. Like I, this is up to me to figure this out. Where I'm going to stay, and I ended up having to live in a bed and breakfast for my first few months there because there was just no place to rent nowhere to stay. They didn't have forced housing. There was one at. Uh, was one attached uh, house to the detachment. Uh, there's a typical detachment across the prairies. It's it's a brick building. It's got a quarters, and then it's got the big. It's got the detachment on the one side. And they used to be like, yeah. So they built the same building, like, all over the prairies. Yeah. So it's got the Tash quarters. There's somebody already in there. He was in there uh, with his family. So that was that was kind of it. It was up to me. I got to rent or buy. Um, again, you know, this is a place where there wasn't a lot for sale and there wasn't a lot of, rent. There wasn't nothing being built or anything. And, yeah, so I ended up living in a bed and breakfast after I, after I graduated. So it was... You know, you build up what this is going to be in your mind, but you have no idea what it's actually going to be. Then the reality comes, and then you know you leave the stresses of depot and just a whole new pile of stresses.
0: So going in, that would be it would be an isolated post, or is it LDP? So it's an LDP? No, nothing. Leader wasn't even an LDP. Jesus. Okay, so you're going from small post, and you're going into that type of thing. So you obviously have. Your wife that's over in Saskatoon, you guys are making some arrangements doing everything and and I think we can easily break this into another episode as well too later on just like getting into and moving to that next location and that and I'm kind of curious with Eric now single guy at Depot going off to Whistler reaction to going out that way and family friends and what what were you thinking when you ended up getting Whistler in attachment
3: well. The first thing that uh, I got told outside of someone from my detach or not my detachment, my I guess my troop troop instructors was one of the instructors running the like the the uh, detachments like the the simulation training that we do. First thing he says music. Oh well, make sure to double wrap it. STD Capital of Canada.
1: <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> uh,
3: at the time, it was Whistler. They actually had like thing, like advertisements for not to get gonorrhea. Any, any-
1: so right yeah just mess with
3: you oh yeah so after that um i told my parents and they're quite thrilled to have me within a ferry right away <laughs>
1: you say you're quite thrilled to, you'd have to double wrap it no
3: no that would be close god uh my segues are odd yes and i was excited to be going there having not fully realizing the cost of living there I knew I would. It was more expensive than what I was used to, but I didn't realize how much more expensive. I had enough saved up for a down payment on like a small kind of. I could afford a condo or like an apartment or something like that. Um, when I got there, that was just right out. There's maybe when I first got there, had I not been making recruit pay, I would have been able to. But I was a brand new recruit. I don't have a pay history. My not really going to approve for much. And by the time, then as time went on, they changed the mortgage rules and I just couldn't afford anything there. So I just ended up living in a rental place, which at the time I thought was really, really expensive. But then as time went on, things got to like 2,600 bucks a month for like a bachelor's pad in the village. So I was doing good at 16, um, but I was really excited when I got there. I can't say enough, at the time when I went to Weston, when I first got there, it was no longer an LDP. I put it on my list knowing it to be an LDP. And then I got there and apparently had gotten rid of the LDP status like a week and a half before I got there. And I was like, you're kidding me. I'm stuck here for an indefinite period of time in a place where I can't afford anything ever, ever. (laughs) looking at 1.2 for a townhouse, right? So, but besides that, it was a fantastic place to go. Um, But yeah, it was really, really exciting to get there. A lot, lot of beautiful things to look at. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of good things to, I'm not going to go any farther with that. (laughs) 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 Hey, I liked Australians. I have a good relationship with the Australians. G'day. But in a much more important note, I'm sure there's a lot of people wondering how they choose the posts like how do they figure out what members are going where how do they make this decision Yeah, exactly. now, some people think it's a dartboard um, it, it is. no no there's actually there's there's something to this and i've and I've done some research and in you Googled it? i no no I did some i did some I did some investigation and I've come to the conclusion an educated guess that whoever's in charge of staffing uh they don certain types of robes in a dark candlelit room on a map. The whole floor of this room is a map and they have a chicken and they cut ch- the chicken's head off uh, and where this chicken falls and, uh, then that's, and where it, where it falls, uh, is, is where you're going. Yeah. And then they use the rest of the chicken at the, uh, at the depot mess on uh, Tuesday.
1: I was going to, I was going to shit on your, uh, hypothesis or your, your whatever. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think you're onto something. Thank
3: you. Yeah, (laughs) mildly
0: satanic. Yeah, it's like a Ouija board. Yeah, I think that was what actually they. chanting involved? Um, Do you
1: remember remember the Simpsons when they were doing um, in the Simpsons? They had the the stone cutters. Yeah. Yeah. What was the song that they sang? I'm, that's that's the, the song that I'm getting in my head of like. Oh, wee, oh, no. Wee, oh. wasn't, no. That, wasn't that Stonecutters? I think so. No. I think that's
0: Stonecutters. But he was like, take uh. off, the, off the rock of shame and put it on the boulder of redemption. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Homer has to go naked. You have to burn your underwear and the
1: ghosts come flying out of the flames. Stonecutters.
3: Don't. See, in, in my mind, the song they're singing was distinctly Latin.
1: Okay. Controls the British Crown. Who keeps the metric system oh, down? We do. We, we do. <laughs> <laughs> who keeps
0: on the so clearly, what we've said is that. <laughs> oh my God, this,
1: this one, you know, it's just <laughs> coming
0: right back. Oh, you have got the lyrics.
1: I do. I do. This is who, who holds back the electric car. Who makes Steven Gutenberg a star? <laughs> we do. <laughs>
0: So what we basically surmise is that the CDRA is what we call a career development and whatever it is, uh, staffing is basically the stonecutters. Is that that's what we're saying? So interesting the uh, the first post and that stuff, Eric. I mean, you know, the excitement of going to
3: Whistler. I couldn't even imagine going into some place like Whistler. I really couldn't. Oh, I was I was over the moon. I was. It was a fun place to go. A very young detachment. Like my trainer, my first trainer. Uh, that I got told we had like I don't know, 10 years on but he ended up not being my trainer as when I arrived it was another guy who ended up being my trainer because he went to traffic but it, like my trainer had two years service oh, and gosh. everybody else my watch had I think at most three after that guy um, and then our corporal had like 15 and that, that was it and that was every watch so it was a very young detachment with some really I really good friends there sounding. did you know I was, the, I was a watch commander at one point for like a month and a half with two years service that's terrifying and I had a recruit
0: did you know And this is something you and I can actually, uh, you know, partner up on this. You and I share something in common, Eric, which I found was really, really interesting. You worked your first shift as a police officer in Whistler, correct? Uh,
3: As a police officer? Yes. As a peace officer, it would have been...
0: Don't get fancy on me. As a
3: police officer. First post. Yeah. uh, Whistler. Yeah.
0: My first shift as a police officer was actually in Whistler. And it was in Creekside. I went to the Olympics. I was posted to the Olympics, and it was the first time I put my big boy pants on and actually put my uniform on to go out, and I was sworn in when I landed in Whistler up the highway and was like, wow, I've never been to BC before. This is incredible. But I ended up there, and my first arrest would have been, it, it almost happened. My first arrest would have been. <laughs> she, she, came, she, she came through our checkpoint absolutely hammered, and she was with her husband and they were driving the wrong way down our checkpoint at Creekside. Yeah. And she was very, very mouthy and she was drunk and she had all of her goals. And it was the middle of the night kind of thing after being absolutely getting hammered. Yeah. And she was mouthing me off. And I was just about to pull her out when she tried to walk down the road where she wasn't supposed to be going. And I almost arrested her for dip. And I had one of the senior guys that was at our little base there. And I actually was like, "Hey Thompson," and he actually like talked me out of it. And it was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! We're not going to do that. <laughs> We're not going there." Uh, so yeah, the, so that there you go. We actually share my very first time as big boy being a police officer with just about two years service or whatever it was, or a year and a bit would have been in Whistler as well too. So I, I, I think that's kind of interesting. We would have had that same thing, and that place is absolutely nuts. So, uh, but yeah, so it, very interesting. Four different kind of or kind of similar as well to ways of learning your first post. I actually think this has been a fantastic you know, in length and everything podcast. I don't think we need to necessarily go any further with that one. And I think we open up the door to having the opportunity to be having the next one, which is field coach, learning a little bit about our field coaches, learning a little bit about that, getting in contact with them and moving forward. Oh, first shift. Yeah, first shift. So we have the ability. Uh, Sid, I want to put it out to you. Sid, this is your first experience in a podcast. You know, having fun on the Unreasonable Grounds podcast.
1: How was the experience? It was good. Yeah, it was fun. We oh, yes. We do
0: it with scotch. We can do it with scotch.
1: I'll, I've got it. I've got it. Yeah, well, I'm going to need a place to stay. I'll sleep in your bathtub. No problem.
0: <laughs> but, what, do you, what do you mean? We called guys? What do you guys talk about? We called CDRA staffing the stonecutters. And we talked about the fact that they do like a Ouija board and like a satanic ritual to go and find out your first post. Yes. I think that's kinda interesting. I think that was a decent
1: Well what's gonna happen is that this podcast, because of your predictions, is gonna get canceled. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. no. Yeah.
3: They're gonna they're and then they're gonna submit none of it. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, the, I think the <laughs> most you will likely probably take care of most of this. Yeah. Them. No, yeah. It oh that that's gonna be that's totally gonna be edited. I can
0: easily edit out <laughs> stuff because uh but uh, I want to I say this, uh, Sid, thank you so much for coming out to join us for the podcast. I hope, I hope that you'll come out and join us for the rest of them. If it's not come out, we could also do them online. We can do it via Wi-Fi. Yeah, you'll be coming out. It'll be fine. We'll uh, we'll have some fun here, guys. Uh, I want to put it out. We always do the same thing at the end of every episode. We always want to put it around the, uh, the room for any last words, any parting shots given the topic or anything. Eric, I'm going to spin around direction here for the round top,
3: and I'm going to start with you. Typically mine are very deep and insightful. And today is going to be, you know, no change from that. You know, we look back onto our time going through depot and the events we had. And we realize that they, in fact, were events. And we did do things.
0: That was super, super, like, wow, deep, deep for now. Usually Wes Wes is the one that comes out with the deep stuff. Weso, tell me. Uh,
2: I was just thinking of some pretty deep things to say. I think overall, everyone is going through something. And... No matter what you're going through, you're not alone. Just remember that.
1: What was the question? It's last words. Oh, anything last...
0: you enjoyed, anything that happened on the podcast, Well, well the topic itself. And, and this is something, obviously, there's members out there that, uh, cadets in that are at Depot. I get messages all the time from them saying that they're there or they're trying to get into depot and, and through the process. And it's just one of those things where we can kind of give some words about the topic or whatever the last little bit.
1: I mean, and you and I have talked about this—the the two a.m. talks on on the watch that policing is a calling. You really feel the 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 need to do good, and make the world a better place, and that's that's really what policing is. So if you're listening to this and you're going through it, uh, I I hope you enjoy the insights, you know, by these goons. That it it really is lived experience from 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 these Fire goons. goons. Um, but you know, since, since, you know, these other guys said something deep, I'll, I'll leave you with something, uh, from Voltaire. Every man is guilty of the good he did not do. There you go.
3: Oh, mic drop. Fun fact. fact, Voltaire was a fan of, uh, good rifles over the big battalions. (laughs) And there, and there it is. And there it is. Uh,
0: Guys, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Again, make sure you check out the podcast website, www.theunreasonablegroundspodcast.com. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, you just happen to come across it. Wow, you stayed and hung out with us for the entire episode. Thank you for doing that. Again, this is the First Responder Podcast for first responders by first responders. Uh, This is what we do. We try to have fun. We try to make sure that we give people... Got kind of some entertaining content, uh, put it out there for you so that everybody can have some something to listen to when they're out for a run, doing the polishing, if they're out doing a long drive back from shift. Whatever they're doing to and from their work, uh, just something that you guys can kind of enjoy. And I hope we did that today. If you guys uh, need to have any questions about uh, the podcast or if you have any questions about going through the process, please reach out to us via the Instagram accounts uh, or the website. You can go through the submission on the email button on the very top right corner, I believe it is. And then uh, check us out, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, subscribe. That just kind of lets us know how many people are actually tuning in more frequently instead of the single-time flyers. And guess what? If you subscribe, you get to get the heads up on whether uh, there's new episodes and content being put out. So on that point, I'm going to say thank you very much, Sid, again for coming out. Uh, She's going to join us again in the future. It's been fantastic having her out. And then uh, we're just going to make sure that uh, we say that everybody stays safe out there, and we'll see you for the next
2: episode.